It's a podcast. The podcast. Hosted by Lee Michael and Robbie. Hello, everyone. Happy Easter. Welcome to a podcast, the podcast, the official podcast of podcasting. I'm Lee. I'm Robbie. This week's episode is brought to you by longtime friends of the show, cinephiles.com, the exclusive number one streaming app for all your favorite porn parodies. And uh, boy, they're in the middle of their spring cleaning event. Uh, They've scrubbed the entire streaming service and they've brought in all new titles for you. Uh, And if you join now, you get exclusive access to wonderful titles to uh, jerk your jergen or flick your bean or stuff your taco, choke the chicken. Raise the beef, whatever you do. Um, Dip the beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just dip your toes in the consomme. Gotta, whatever. French, French or dip. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it is. Caramelize your <laughs> onions, I don't know. Um, Brown your butter. <laughs> <laughs> Cob your corn. Poach your eggs. <laughs> <laughs> dock your shuttle i mean <laughs> charge your, your tomatoes yeah. Well, yeah you know whatever <laughs> land the rover uh, whatever it is you do in your free time with your genitals uh no better place to do it than cinephiles.com robbie tell us tell us what's streaming this month on cinephiles.com well we have some really great titles lee michael things such as the edging of a sacred queer <laughs> Uh, Edward Fisterhands (laughs) Salem's Clit Wet Thoughts American Hummer (laughs) Kangaroo Jackoff Dong Skullfuck Island James Bondage, Doctor No Means Yes. Ooh, Office Face. <laughs> Seventeen Cuckolds. Twelve Horny Men. <laughs> Thirteen Hoes. District Sixty Nine. All Bussin' on the Western Cunt. The Gooners. Come Dog Millionaire. <laughs> Dutch Rudderless. Kiss Kiss, <laughs> Bang Bang, My Wife. It's the great Blumpkin, Charlie Brownhole. <laughs> we also have one of my personal favorites, Lee Michael. Uh, Ghost Fuckers, starring Phil Morhe, <laughs> Dick Mormanass, Big Horny Wiener, <laughs> Dan Asroyd, Harold Ramass, and Ernie Knutson. Uh, also, speaking, while, while we're on the topic of nostalgic... Uh, Faps, we've got uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Squirters, Secret of the Splooge. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one. And if you sign up within the next 24 hours with the link in their bio, you will also get access to the hit single of the new porn parody band, Tits, with their song (laughs) Cream On. Let's take a listen. Cream, 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 creams. There you go, folks. Cinephiles.com. Thank you very much for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Thank you so the podcast. Much. Thank you so much. Well, Robbie, as I said uh, at the time of this recording, it's Easter. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. 
<laughs> it is the the day of our Lord and Savior, or whatever. What a fucking weak ass milk toast weak fuck holiday, dude. I mean, what it? It's like they ran out of shit and they were like, "Well, let's do another one, anyways." And yeah, they were, they were like, "I don't know, a bunny, eggs, eggs, a bunny." Kid, what a, what do kids like? They're like rabbits and eggs. Let's get more creepy shit for your kid to sit in the lap of. You know, like oh, absolutely. Old men's not enough. A big anthropomorphic bunny. Let's do that with dead eyes, beady dead eyes, beady dead eyes. There's no cute Easter bunny. Giving your kids candy. Every Easter bunny is horrifying. The, the one thing that universally we always tell kids not to take from strangers, and this fucking anthropomorphic rabbit is going to come in and give you eggs filled with it. <laughs> is there? Is this the only holiday that doesn't have like a, a holiday slasher based off of it? Because it, it's too lame, you know? Yeah, yeah, because I don't know. Yeah, who give it? Like, they're like, what can you do with a murderous rabbit? Well, no, it's I mean, you could, it's already been done. Actually, no, I, th- I think a great B movie is forming here. I think you have a guy that comes back from the dead on Easter and he wears a bunny suit and he kills people. Yeah. yeah it's like Donnie Darko, be. but on Easter instead of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever make a Bunicula or whatever? That's the, the Did they ever make that into a movie. Oh, I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe. Who's to say? Who's to I say? I sense like, a crossover. Oh, Robbie, real quick. Uh, speaking of Easter, um, yeah. uh, President Donald J. Trump did issue a statement. Oh, America's happy. current uh, best president. Your favorite Donald, president. Okay. Donald, uh, Donald Trump, Trump. He sent out some warm wishes for Easter. And I got to say, this might be the largest, longest run on sentence of all time. Um, okay, I'm about yeah, to read you a paragraph. And it is one sentence. Take a deep breath. Yeah, here we go. Happy Easter to all, including those that dream endlessly of destroying our country because they are incapable of dreaming about anything else. Those that are so incompetent, they don't realize that having a border and powerful wall is a good thing and having voter ID, all paper ballots, and same-day voting will quickly end massive voter fraud. And to all those weak and pathetic rhinos... Radical left Democrats, socialists, Marxists, communists who are killing our nation. Remember, we will be back. Happy Easter, guys. <laughs> what a lunatic. God bless you, Donald J. Trump. And God bless the United States. Yeah, all right, cool. So, yeah, we didn't have a chance to record last week, but uh, Donald Trump was indicted. It finally happened. Yep, the arraignment. It happened. And you know what? Uh, a lot of people on the right haven't really taken it very well. <laughs> it's not been uh, pretty for them. No. Not at but all. Some real, uh, some real world star moments. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's not. It hasn't been great. Um, and, you know, it, it went about as expected. So I, I guess that's nice. Um I don't know. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was, I didn't see anything that like surprised me, you know, all the people that I expected to react like really poorly did. And they said all of the things I assumed that they would say. Uh, Here's, here's some, some interesting things that happened during uh, 
the lead up to Trump's indictment, um, uh, he was compared to um, Nelson Mandela. Yep, that did happen. He was compared to Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, that's shocking, but I mean, not unexpected, I guess. It's just like, really, you think this guy is just like Jesus Christ. You really think that. They do. Apparently. I mean, fuck, man. It's just crazy. I think some of them probably actually do. And I think a lot of them say it just as much to be shocking and to own the libs or whatever as anything else. And then they like buy into it as much as they need to, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think there's a lot of that in that yeah. whole camp. It's possible. It's very possible. Um, we had, this was one of my favorite moments. So Donald Trump, um, he was on Sean Hannity's program. Yeah. And a couple times, but he was on Sean Hannity's program. And so there's been a development in the case against him in Georgia regarding, uh, like election interference. And, yes. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is relating to, sorry. I'm thinking of a different felony. This is relating to the classified documents case uh, in which he may have obstructed justice. And there was a report that came out that said that they had evidence that Donald Trump himself uh, purposefully withheld documents that were subpoenaed. So what happened was, um, you know, the DOJ reached out and was like, hey, you need to return these. And he defied that. And then it ultimately led to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, where the documents were seized. And at some point during a subpoena where he was required to return documents, he purposefully himself withheld documents. And I guess they found evidence to prove that. And so that's like a huge, um, it's a huge update in the case yeah. uh, regarding proving that he obstructed justice, right? So he was on Sean Hannity's program and Sean Hannity trying to make this like, as easy as possible for this guy trying to give him the easiest out of all time. He goes, you know, I just don't think you would do something like that. And Donald Trump just goes, yeah, I would. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking, <laughs> fucking says that he did it. Cause so Sean Henry is like, I don't see you like personally, you know, in this dark room rummaging through boxes and hiding classified documents. And I don't think that would happen. And Trump's, Trump's like, no, well, I would because I was the president, so I can. And he's like, they're my papers now. And then he, as if that wasn't bad enough, as if him admitting it wasn't bad enough, yeah. he goes on to say, you know, uh, Richard Nixon made a lot of money by selling classified documents, and that was pretty smart of him. Oh my god! Beautiful. You love to see it. I mean, yeah, he already admitted to the Stormy Daniels payment on uh, on Truth Social. So, yeah. yeah, not the greatest track record there. the uh, The Georgia case it came out this week that the uh, grand jury is likely to indict. That's what came yeah. out about that. Bring it on, dude! Rack it Alleg- up. Allegedly, allegedly, yeah, rack it up. There's all that uh, cool stuff about Clarence Thomas. I don't know, don't know if you saw that. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. Um, it just keeps getting worse and nothing yeah. keeps happening <laughs> regarding Clarence Thomas, who honestly uh, should have been impeached a long, long time ago. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar, uh, 
Clarence Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, uh, was texting people. She was, she was involved in the insurrection directly. Yeah, yeah she was directly involved in the insurrection. And really wanted the government to be overthrown. Really yeah. wanted it to happen. But she doesn't totally seem to understand that her husband is a part of the government that would be getting uh, overthrown. But maybe well, he's none of them of do. I mean, fucking <laughs> these people that are part of the government were involved in the insurrection. You know, like yeah, they don't get it. Um, uh, yeah. So she was involved directly in the insurrection, and now it's come out that throughout his career as a Supreme Court justice, uh, Clarence Thomas has accepted donations from Republican donors, uh, billionaires, actually, uh, flights, gifts, hotel stays, all kinds of shit. Yeah. Some like $500,000 worth of stuff that he didn't disclose. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep. And he even, um, while accepting this, uh, he weighed in on a bribery case, which is just funny. Um, yeah, and, you know, some people on the left are calling for his impeachment, calling for him to resign, and that's not going to happen. Nope. Who, who cares? It's just gotta the have, Supreme uh, Court. Two-thirds, got to have two-thirds of Congress be on board for that, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, should we uh, talk about uh, cheeky little cheeky little movie? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Cheeky little film. Mm -hmm. We we both saw a movie called John Wick 4. More more John Wick. Even more John Wick. It's the fourth one. (laughs) John Wick Chapter 4, the most John Wick. (laughs) The most John Wick indeed. They like barely even tried with a plot in this one, which I appreciate because it fucking ruled. This movie was great. So Robbie, this this is funny. So for one thing, I had a really interesting theater experience. And so... Where'd you 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 see it? Flicks brew house. So I said, I wasn't like, I was probably done seeing movies in theaters a couple weeks ago, I think. And then I went and saw this and like, now I'm definitely done. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally <laughs> done. I'm never going to go to the movie theater ever again. I don't care. It's done. What um, happened Lee Michael? Well, so we buy our tickets and, uh, for one thing, the, the, there like, cause there's no people. It's a kiosk. You go up and you buy the ticket at the kiosk. Right. Because uh, nobody wants to work anymore. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, but so there's a kiosk. You go up, and when you try to add a ticket, it'll be like zero adult. T- it'll be like zero adult tickets. And then you select the movie and the showtime, and then it adds one ticket. And then there's like a little plus or minus sign to add or subtract tickets. Right. Typical. So you press it, and then it adds two tickets. So it's like, now there's three tickets. I don't want three tickets. I want two tickets. So then you subtract it and it goes to zero. And so it it was like five minutes of fiddling around with this kiosk to get the right amount of tickets. So we go, that's not a big deal, but it's just like, okay, the movie's starting, you know? So we go and we we go in the theater and uh, we find our seats and we're next to, uh, I'll just say it, a, a huge fat person. And uh, <laughs> just a massive Brendan Fraser's The Whale was sitting next to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was this couple, and we were waiting. We pushed a little button to order our beers, and uh, this little, like, seventeen-year-old chick was taking their order. She's like, oh, "I'll be right over there." 
And do they ordered for like five straight minutes? Like hell they, well, they each ordered a large popcorn. Sure. Yeah. Um, which I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, comes in like a giant dog bowl, <laughs> not even like a popcorn <laughs> bag. So that was just hilarious. So they ordered popcorn. They ordered candy and appetizers. She ordered some big ass cheeseburger, but she kept specifying she wanted it plain and uh, like meat and bread only. And then they each ordered like two, they each ordered like an iced tea only and a meat soda. And bread? Yeah. Then she ordered Ugh. like a Diet Coke and an iced tea. Interesting. And Is it a regular iced tea or did, did she I add like seven gallons of sweetener to it? I don't know. All I know is that like, so you have a tray in front of you and then there's like a little tray up top. Everything was full of food. I mean, it looked like it looked like fucking Hogwarts, dude. Like just the great dining hall in Hogwarts, <laughs> just food everywhere, which is not the issue. Like, okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 sure. She sent this burger back twice because it wasn't plain enough, I guess. And also the whole time she, I don't know, but she sent it back multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. And then also she just kept coughing. Like it sounded like a really bad cough. Like she had fucking bronchitis, like she couldn't breathe. And then at one point, like maybe 20 minutes into the movie after she ate this huge meal, she just got up and left and never came back. <laughs> so that, I mean, it was fine after she left, but it was just weird. So just listening to this yeah. woman cough and yak. And just nonstop food ordering and then just like scarfing down. Dude, I mean, dude, she ate a large popcorn in like five minutes flat and then moved on to more food and it just didn't end. So it's just like munching and chewing and yakking and coughing and pushing the little button that and it clicks when you push it and then talking to the servers. And it's just like, just get out of here already. So she finally left and it was fine. But it's just like, I don't need to be around these people anymore. You know, there's nobody that's you. that's like ambient bothering me. <laughs> there's nobody like that's like annoying ambience at my house when I watch a movie. So whatever. Uh, that's why this is why you guys really need an Alamo down there because it is the best fucking theater experience ever. That's where I saw it. And it, yeah. all of these problems would be completely solved if you just had that. Because you would still get good beer and good food and all that stuff. Their well, how would this be awesome. solved? Because well, they, they have, have like, a, they... no fatties allowed at Alamo Draft House. <laughs> well, no, but like if people are making a bunch of noise, it's like no, like they just get. Well, booted. I could do that. You can call them at any theater and complain. It's not that. It's well, just yeah, no, but like Alamo, I'm intolerant of other people, Robbie. I'm the no. problem. Listen to me. You don't shut the fuck. You don't. <laughs> They have it's that like really strict about it. Like okay. I've seen people get kicked out for like coughing too much in a movie. Like the, like they're fucking real. Like they're really like don't fuck around with it. And I love it. It's so good. Okay. okay. Well, I don't know if I want to go to a theater where it's like Nazis run it. Okay, fine. Theater you know Nazis. what? You want to complain? You want to complain, Lee Michael? You go ahead. I'll let you complain. No, I'm just I'm just I'm joking, Robbie. It wasn't that bad, but. I, but I did after that. I was just like, I don't need this, you know. So whatever. Yeah. But no, here's that. the thing about John Wick Chapter Four, Robbie. Um, after I saw, it, like, when I left the theater, I was pretty adrenalized from the movie, and then sure. I almost had like post nut clarity, and I was like, ah, oh, no, actually, <laughs> that kind of sucked. <laughs> okay. And so now, now that I've had time to think about it, like, I didn't, I don't really like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, me? I guess. Um, 
Yeah, but no, yeah, it's like it's like post nut clarity for movies. It was just like yeah, that happens. I didn't have that with this uh, with this particular movie. I mean, it isn't amazing. It it's really like after this the second one. I think it's been like generally steady down, but it was I was still very thoroughly entertained. Yeah, I mean the stunts are great, the action's great, but it just um, yeah, I don't know, dude. It just like. Mm. I I was disappointed that they didn't even try with the story because Oh yeah, there's there's like nothing. No. <laughs> there's nothing. I mean in fairness, they went like really fucking hard with it in two and three. And I do think I did get the vibe a little bit with this one that they maybe didn't they were already done with the franchise going into it. Um because to that end, um there are I felt like there were less really crazy stunts like i wasn't as surprised by some of them in this movie as i have been in previous ones yeah um there are there is still like some really amazing stuff and some really there's some really great moments but yeah i i do agree with that point that like they they weren't really trying with the story anymore and i really think they're very ready to be done with this franchise and also keanu uh moving a little slow these days which makes sense he's like in his late 50s but like he's getting old (laughs) And you can see it in the way that he moves because there definitely were moments too in fights where I was like, they're going kind of like, it's kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah. um, I don't think so. I I would rank the franchise in order of the films. I I agree. I would agree. Although I think two is pretty close to the first one, but still not as good. Um, The thing is, so just a little story for the listeners. When I saw the first John Wick, when it came out, I have this buddy, Parker, that I've known since high school. And he's one of those guys, like, I could not talk to him for five years and then bump into him somewhere and it'd be like no time had passed at all. So I hadn't seen him in a long time. And then we were we were hanging out one day and uh, we saw an ad for John Wick and we were like, wow, that looks like fucking shit. That's going to be horrible. <laughs> and it was, And then... We happened to look up the movie and it was like, oh, there's Showtime's now. Let's go see it right now and laugh at this horrible, horrible Keanu Reeves movie. And we were completely blown away. And I saw it like a couple days later again in theaters and have loved it ever since. I've seen it many times. Um, I think it's one of the best recent action movies, like the best, best action movie of the 2010s. And, uh, and I'm always excited when another one comes out, but it's just like the first one, you know, yeah, Keanu is Keanu's acting range is pretty limited, but who doesn't love Keanu Reeves? And he's so amazing with stunts and action and the f- physical acting aspect of it. <clears throat> and he doesn't talk very much in the original one either. And he's got some scenes where he's got to emote and be a grieving husband. And I think he's fine in, in the scenes. But at least like the story was an interesting new take on the revenge subgenre. And I I think that it was a great story. And they've just like they've taken this premise from the original where it's like this hinted at little world within our own where there's like these underground assassins and everything. And by the fourth movie, every fucking person in the world is an assassin. Yeah, and it's just yeah. like I don't like that at all. And I also 
Um, I was watching someone on. I was watching a reaction video to the original John Wick today, coincidentally, and it's like uh, John Wick actually gets hurt and like beat up and is like a real human yeah. being in the first yeah, he, movie. He has, he's like a he has like superpowers basically. And now, now he's, he's like, like a out. god yeah, that like, can't be harmed unless yeah. it's convenient for the plot. Yeah, like there's the the moment near the end, uh, which is otherwise probably my favorite segment in the movie, where they're in the the rundown mansion. And it does like the top down mm. view of the action, which is great. I was yeah. Yeah, we'll talk he, about that in a little bit. Yeah, easily my favorite. But the, that ends with him falling out of a third story window onto a car. And he just like and gets fine. up. I mean, I think at this point, I because that happened a lot in the third one too, and I think the yeah. the at this point, I think it's a like it almost like a wink, like an inside joke. They're like, yeah, we know, and, Maybe, and I, at least I, I don't know. To me, it seemed like it, they were very aware that it's ridiculous, and they're just like moving on. And I at least appreciate that. And like, I don't know, it's fucking stupid, but it also like doesn't bother me that much. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because I'm split. Because on one hand. It doesn't bother me, but on the other hand, it does. Like it's that's what's so conflicting about these sequels is like sometimes when I think about it, it doesn't bother me, and then other times it does. And so, like sometimes I like the movie more thinking about it than other times. But like I don't know. Lately, thinking about this fourth one, I'm just like, yeah, I'm glad it's done. Unless they decide it's not, I guess. Like there's a weird reveal at the end of the movie for no reason. Uh, which we'll talk about that in a little bit, but it's just like, is there like a post credits? No, the final scene of the movie where it's like Winston was John Wick's dad the whole time. Oh, is that literal? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's pretty fucking stupid. I, yeah. I didn't even, I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was like, you know, they had like a nice close relationship or whatever. Okay. That's pretty, that's pretty dumb. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, weird stuff, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And the, even the action, there's some great action scenes for sure. And Canada does some amazing stunt work. There's an amazing video I saw, um, before I went to see the movie, it's like 15 minutes long and it breaks down how the training has progressed from movie to movie and, all the work that Keanu Reeves has done for this role. And it's amazing to watch. It's almost as entertaining as the movies themselves to see like the, he, he trained with the Israeli armed forces and to see him like actually go through a shooting range and how efficient he is. Like it's fucking impressive. And to see him yeah. actually like master jujitsu and everything. Uh, and then to see like how he became like a professional stunt driver uh, how he was able to actually do these stunts on a horse where he like hangs off the side of a horse and reloads a gun and then like sits upright again. Like it's insane, dude. And it's, it's commendable. And it's still, it's weird. Cause it's like, on one hand, does that, you know, does like not being a, a strong actor in other ways, negate the performance when you're still so committed in other ways, like, I would say it, it's still a great performance, even though it's lacking like depth or emotion right. in the sequels. But I don't know. The other thing was, I don't think Keanu Reeves was that great in, in this movie. I mean, he's got even less he, dialogue and all he, he, all he can he say says is almost like, nothing. He says, yeah. And yeah, a lot. Yeah. 
Well, the, one thing I forgot too is uh, before I went, I saw it with my sister, and uh, the third one happened to be on TV while we were just like you know waiting to to leave. So we saw like the last like twenty thirty minutes mm. of of the third one, which is the one that I I like, hardly remember anything about it. Same. If I'm honest, yeah, same. It didn't um, stick with me very much. Yeah, yeah. So it was good to like see the end and be like, oh yeah, that's what happened. Um, nice. And that movie, it's the weirdest fucking ending hard cut I've ever seen where the movie he's talking to Lawrence Fishburne and he's like, are you pissed off John? And he looks up at him and he goes, yeah, and it just hard cuts and it ends. <laughs> that's yeah, it. I was I like, don't... that's the end. That's the end of your movie. Yeah. And there were some, there were some moments like that in general in this movie where there were cuts to, to new scenes. And I was like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Like some of, some of the editing is, was a little janky as some of it. There's like some amazing fucking cinematography as there is in all of these movies. And then every once in a while, there's just this really janky cut to the next scene that feels like very, very out of place. Yeah. And the, with John Wick's character, it's like, yeah, I just don't really give a shit anymore. You know, in the first one, the, the story with his wife and the dog, and there's all this intrigue about his past life and everything. And, like I said, yeah, it's still a Keanu Reeves movie. It's the the acting's still a little stilted, but I think it's the right role for him. So uh, I think it works really well, and I really like the character of John Wick. And again, he's like an actual human being that gets hurt, uh, and so you're scared for him and you're rooting for him and everything. Uh, and then in the sequels, he's just this like invincible guy that like. I mean, he's like a Terminator, dude. There's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just he's becomes he's responsible for like the death of all his friends in this movie, and he never gives a shit, you know. And yeah, the he other, doesn't care at all. The other weird thing about this movie is, it's like, I don't know. He just he's kind of just like strung along, and I don't know. He just doesn't really even feel like a character in this movie. He feels more like a side character in this movie than a lot of the side characters. Yeah, I mean, he uh, hasn't like. he hasn't really been a character since the first movie. They they yeah. still were able to bring enough of the story of the first movie into the second one to like mm. kind of make it work. But I think as yeah. soon as they got past the first one, they're like, yeah, it's it's the movie is a vehicle for the stunts and for the action, right? And uh, on the, on that level, I I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, but again, I think as amazing as some of the stunts are it it does kind of i don't know i i think when you take away the like any semblance of a story <laughs> it just really <laughs> like who cares because there dude there's something there's this there's a scene in the first one that none of the sequels for how insane they go with the stunts none of them have been as visceral and it's this part where there's this amazing shootout in a nightclub and then he gets thrown over the balcony and just like hits the ground so fucking hard. And it's just kind of like laying there out of breath, trying to get up. And dude, the scene of him smacking the ground makes me wince every time I see it. Mm-hmm. And then the, all these other movies, you just watch it and you're just like, okay, yeah, cool. You know, there's wire work and all right, cool. You know, he's fucking dodging bullets now, <laughs> I guess. <It> was, <laughs> or like deflecting, uh, bullets with swords and everyone's yeah. got bulletproof suits and uh, it's just like it's just too much it jumped the shark a long time ago and yeah and there were the also where it's just... and, and, the, and there were moments as well in this one too where I was like somebody had somebody who was trying to kill him 
had a moment to do it like a right. very obvious that why did you not use the sword throw the knife at him shoot him in the head like you have like there's a very clear open shot right here and like right. they don't and they do the the thing where they just kind of stand there and wait to get hit that only it only happened like a couple times but you know these movies are otherwise pretty good about not doing that and so it was very noticeable well they used to be <laughs> i i think that again like since uh, since the third one really i think is where it took like a pretty huge step towards like um just going for straight spectacle like we want it to look cool versus how can we tell this story in an intro like how can we present this story point in the most creative way possible now it's like okay well we want to do this thing that would look cool how do we how do we get john wick to this spot where he's going to do this cool thing it's like how uh <laughs> it's like how the jackass guys make movies dude they're like they're like oh wouldn't it be cool if one of us was like ramped off of a pier and then they're like then they work backwards and they're like how do we fit it into this thing and yeah and how do we incorporate a dildo in someone's ass exactly and that's what John Wick has become. Where before it was like, oh, we've got this interesting take on a revenge story, and how can we tell it in a unique, engaging way and present action in ways that people aren't used to? And now it's just like, oh, what can what what can be the most insane thing that John Wick does? Right. Well, and it's movies like this. This happened with the Bourne franchise too, where like the first one is really good and it's like completely changes action in movies and like completely yeah. sets the tone for them. Uh, and then it was like that for decades. And then the rest of them weren't as good because they, they just could never live up to that again. And then John Wick kind of did the same thing. It like reset yeah. the clock on action movies and totally changed the way that action in movies is handled now. And yeah, uh, yeah it just gets to a point where they're like, well, we kind of already did that so where do we go from here like there there's you're very limited in your escalation at that point and i think two they did a, a decent job they added in more like lore and kind of fleshed out the world a little bit and stuff like that which was okay and then once you get past that it's like well it's there do you, where there's nowhere else to go like so we're going to add seven more people with these really prestigious important titles i yeah, guess it, yeah um which i mean whatever i don't know I, a lot of that stuff it's like doesn't bother me that much I I enjoy a movie where I can just kind of turn off my brain and enjoy the spectacle every once in a while. I think I'm I like that more than you do. Um but yeah. And they're also really going out of their way too to be like we're not going to kill dogs anymore, guys. Don't, nobody get mad. We're not going to do it anymore. Like in the third one, the guy uh what's his name shoots the one of Halle Berry's dogs, but it has a bulletproof vest. And then in this one, John just kills the guy that's going to or uh, shoots him or whatever and knocks him down. Yeah, which is fine. And there's a great there's a great moment later where that guy's brutally killed and then the dog pisses on his corpse. Yeah, which definitely happened for real. <laughs> that that stuntman definitely actually got pissed on by his No, dog. that was CGI. That was CGI. I refuse to believe. Well, the dog was a girl, so I, I don't think lady dogs pee like that and have They dog do. We, dog weenies. Oh, okay. They lift their leg. Oh, okay. Maybe. I don't know. And in, in my heart of hearts, I want to believe that a stuntman had to be pissed on. <laughs> it pissed on his face. Dude. There's no stuntman 
Let me tell you, there, my dog. Two, two other things this movie I really liked. The Warriors reference, which I completely forgot was even in the movie. You told me about it, and then I mm. forgot about it, and then it happened, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And I was pretty mm. happy about that. Uh, and Clancy Brown. Yeah, Clancy Brown is here as another um, vague guy <laughs> with like a weird title. He's the because what was it last time we had the like adjudicator? Yeah, I don't just, I don't remember what Clancy Brown's title was <laughs> in this. It doesn't matter. I don't remember. I'm just, I'm just happy to see Clancy Brown in things. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Bill Skarsgård is this marquee person. Um, and I, I thought that stuff was fine. Like, uh, I liked his villainy. I liked the, the nobody guy. Um, I, I'd like to see Donnie Yen in an American movie where he's not a blind Kung Fu man. Yeah. I, I, I really don't know why they needed to make him blind. Yeah. Although there was, there was only one time the blind aspect really worked for me. And it's this great scene in the, Osaka um yeah well, it's the, the only time where he like does things to like really compensate for the fact that he's blind and then like the ending of the movie which we'll get to but yeah, yeah. it's like the only time where you see him taking actions to like well I have to do x y and z to know where people are and yeah he puts and, these you know. he's got these magnetic motion sensors they're like these little ring motion sensors um and that was a really cool scene and that I think that was my favorite scene of the movie, which is a shame because it's the first action scene in this three hour movie. There's also a moment when it starts where he first gets involved, where he shoots the gun in the air just to get them to shoot at him. So he knows where they are, which was cool as well. That was really cool. So it's, it's weird because there's great moments like that. And then there's just like impossible shit. And it's like, but you don't need that. Like you don't, you don't need that in this movie at all. Um, And yeah, it's, it's just, it's still just so weird to me. Like you've got this character in the first movie, he gets his ass beat. He's got to go to a doctor and get fixed up and he's given pain pills and he's, you know, putting on a bulletproof vest. This movie takes place like two weeks later and they've got full suits that are bulletproof and he's invincible and until he's not. And then (laughs) he's falling out of third story windows onto cars and stuff the car like explodes when he lands on it, <laughs> like Superman landed on it and he's totally fine. And then, well shit dude, in the fucking first movie, he gets shot off the roof of the continental and he's fine. He goes and hangs out with Lawrence Fishburne until he gets over his headache or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then, and yeah. And then these assassins who in the original movie, it's like this really cool underground, like league of assassins. And I, th- I thought it was set up perfectly and the world is hinted at just enough that it's super interesting but it makes sense but there's also a lot of like you can kind of come up with your own inference as to like how things work it's not just flat out explained to you um but it was still tangible in this movie they like have a fucking base at the observation deck on the eiffel tower (laughs) it's like what (laughs) What is this international fucking agency that controls like the entire world? And it's just these, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, and then, and then I just didn't even fucking understand. There's a scene where John, all right. So I guess if there's a, a synopsis for this movie, 
Uh, people are still trying to kill John Wick because of the events from the second movie. And they weren't able to kill him in the third movie. Um, and so he finds a loophole to save himself by challenging this guy, the Marquis, to an old-fashioned duel, which is like a rule in the assassin handbook, I guess. And um, so if he wins the duel, you know, he's rewarded with whatever his terms are, and then he's executed, well, he's killed in the duel if he loses. So that's it. That's the whole movie. Um, But there's this weird scene where in order to request formally request the duel he has to be part of a family on this high table they've been mentioning this entire time which we still don't really know exactly what it is they just oversee this whole world of assassins so he goes to the russian family that he once belonged to as an orphan and the but the leader was killed so they hate john wick and he's got to kill the guy who killed the boss so that they'll adopt him again. And he's sent to this like casino thing. And that whole part, I was just like, what is happening? It's like a casino nightclub thing. Yeah. And well, just that whole poker scene was so weird. So John gets there and he's there to execute the guy that I guess runs the place. That's like dealing cards at this table alone. And then meanwhile, Donnie Yen's character who's trying to kill John Wick shows up and takes a seat. And then this nobody character who's also trying to kill John Wick just to get the reward shows up. And then the dealer is like, well, let's play around. Whoever wins takes all of it. It's like, what do you mean? Everybody here is trying to kill the same fucking guy. Just kill him and then split the bounty. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And then this weird shit happens and then there's a shootout. And then I guess every one of these movies has to have a a shootout in a nightclub where nobody uh, is bothered by Uh, nobody. Nobody reacts until the very end. (laughs) Yeah. People are being massacred uh, in this nightclub and all the people around the people being killed just continue dancing and don't even like realize that there's a giant shootout happening. Yeah. I did like the fighting with the hatchets though. Yeah, it was okay. Um, for me, the standout was, um, and just my favorite part of the movie in general, uh, was John Wick goes to Japan. He goes to the Continental Hotel in Osaka, uh, where the he's been lifelong friends with the manager of that Continental, played by, I can't think of his name, but that guy's a fucking badass. He's in Westworld. Yes. He's amazing. Legendary Japanese actor. I'm blanking on his name, too. He was the only good part of that that fucking Mortal Kombat movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's awesome. He's awesome. And so John Wick goes there to seek uh, asylum. And uh, the the entire continental is raided by this organization. And it just becomes this huge bloodbath. Uh, But that, that scene was amazing. Except for the fact that they can deflect bullets with their swords that are being fired by a machine gun. <laughs> I don't th- I didn't see that ever happen. I but, saw it uh, once I'll, and I'll I take your word for it. it. I couldn't believe uh, it. Hiroki Sonata. This is name. Yes. That guy. I love that guy. Um, yes. He's very good. And I liked his, uh, I liked his daughter too. We don't see a whole lot of her. I thought she would come back in the end in some way. She didn't, but I did like her. 
yeah, that never goes anywhere. I don't even, I thought she was going to die. She was like shot in the gut and bleeding out for hours. And then she just gets on a train and leaves town. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because she's invincible too. <laughs> but yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, so, um, well, spoilers for the end. So John, so John Wick. <laughs> I this think we're a little past that. <laughs> well, I don't know. We haven't really mentioned any insane spoilers. So not, but. Well, so, there's not a whole lot of a plot, in fairness, so yeah. <laughs> there's not much to spoil. So throughout this movie, John Wick has been beaten multiple times, fallen off buildings multiple times, uh, shot and stabbed and everything under the sun. And he is he is finally killed at the end during the climactic duel. Um, he gets shot in the arm once, and then he gets shot in the gut, which he, I think, was also shot in the gut or stabbed in the gut in the first movie and got medical attention. Yeah. Stabbed. I think it's been a while since I've seen the first one. I don't remember, but, uh, but yeah, just a weird. And I mean, it's weird because I can't really think of another. He does. He does the shootout with Donnie Yen, who again is blind. Right. And it's an old fashioned duel where you take, you know, 30 paces or whatever. I hated this because the way it was edited, they did not take they did not close to 30 paces. And it was, oh. But then it's also confusing because then they go, they, they do 30 paces and then 20 paces and then 10. Like if you don't, if nobody dies, they de- they move them closer together. But the confusing thing is you would think that would mean, okay, you walk back to the center and then go 20 paces out. But they just like walk forward a little bit. <laughs> like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, and they didn't walk forward 10 paces either uh but yeah so so the whole leading up to the climax john has to meet at this place by sunrise or else he's disqualified and executed and um i do really like the addition of a ticking clock in the third act um i mean that's what you do but it, it works every time there's nothing better to create tension than a ticking clock, even yeah, though you know yeah. he's going to get there, we have this great throwback to the Warriors, where after the the rules are set and the the duel is set up and everything, uh, it's like dusk, and they're like, "All right, you have till sunrise." So John is going to make some final preparations and prepare for like a night of surviving all these assassins, and then we get um, the Warriors reference where we have a, a DJ. Um, you know, doing the boppers thing and dedicating songs to John as all these assassin groups start gearing up to go try and kill him. And he, after killing his way through like millions of people, <laughs> he finally... The entire city of Paris. Yeah. Uh, there is a great scene in this roundabout where pe- so many people are getting hit by cars. Uh, yeah. That was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. But he finally gets to, it's like 225 steps up to the place where the duel is set to happen. And he's got to kill his way up the steps. And when he finally reaches the top, he's kicked all the way to the bottom, (laughs) which was hilarious. It was very funny. Um, And so like, it seems like he's not going to make it. He makes it just in the nick of time. And uh, because him and the, the blind assassin played by Donnie Yen uh, have this friendship, he's not going to shoot. Donnie Yen, he's not going to kill Donnie Yen in a duel. Oh, by the way, uh, Donnie Yen's character's name is Kane because he, he's blind, but he was not born blind. <laughs> right. 
I thought it was Kane because he used a cane. I mean, I well, because blind people use canes to feel right. around. Like that's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. So did he? You was that? Did he have that cane prior to know. being blind? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, that didn't. Yeah, and Donnie ends like trying to protect his daughter. I think the thing is like if he he either kills John Wick or uh, Bill Skarsgård kills his daughter, and that's his motivation. Yeah, for the thing. Yeah. So uh, John Wick lets Donnie Yen kill him, uh, and then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, they, actually, they no, wait, no, no. So, first of all, one of the things that re- one of the things that was really confusing to me. So, at the beginning of the movie, and this actually really upset me, the hotel concierge is murdered, and Lance Reddick, legendary actor, died in real life, like the day before the movie premiered. So it was just really upsetting to see his character get like shot in the heart and have this whole death scene, yeah. like a week after he died. That was just really upsetting. Um, and he was also a great character, but he's killed. And then the, uh, New York continental is like blown up, I guess they just demolished this huge hotel in downtown New York. Cause assassins run the world, I guess, yeah. uh, whatever. But so after that happens and John Wick finds out about it, he goes to see Winston, who was the hotel manager and Winston's standing at like, it's like ground zero for the hotel. And there's like all these marble tombstones for no, all that's, the, that, that isn't ground zero for the hotel because the hotel, it would like the, the rooms and stuff were destroyed, but the building didn't fall down because we see it later. He, when he stands there in the rain with uh, Lawrence Fishburne, they stand at the, at where the, the hotel is. That okay. site is just somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> the, the, gra- the grave site. In either case, he goes to this grave site, for the people who died in the hotel and it's like marble fucking it's like this like outdoor mausoleum with these yeah. marble gravestones for everyone and Winston is there uh and there's like these torches lit and it's like this huge thing and he's standing there uh like grieving the the loss of the concierge and I was like when the fuck did they have time to do this it happened yesterday <laughs> and also like Somebody's going to walk by this and be like, oh, what memorial is this? They're like, oh, the Assassin Hotel burnt down. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, and like, you know, as cool as the Arc, the Arc de Triomphe <laughs> fight where everyone's getting hit by cars is, it's like, so like no one's going to notice this shootout happening in the middle of one of the most populated cities in the world. You know, I mean, yeah, but that's how all, all these movies are. There are moments where it's like, this doesn't really hold up any scrutiny, but right. and it definitely gets more glaring as they go. Um, right. But, um, yeah, so that was confusing as hell. And so the movie actually ends with, so John has died. Donnie has gotten his freedom. And uh, Winston is able to rebuild the Continental and find a new concierge. But he's at the he's at the grave of John Wick and his wife. And he says in Russian, he's never spoken Russian in the uh, movie before, but John Wick comes from, like, this russian orphan family or whatever the fuck yeah but like winston like randomly says shit in other languages yeah but it's significant that he said it in russian to john and he says farewell my son 
And uh, yeah, so the movie ends with the reveal that Winston is Sean Wick's dad. I don't know why. Uh, have you have you like verified that that is actually the case and that you're not just reading into it? Yes. Okay. There's because there's I whole... did because I did not get that from that scene at all. I just thought it was like a fond friend mentor figure thing. Not that he was literally his dad. I don't think you would call him son if he wasn't. Oh, but if it, but if they had like a mentor, like a very close mentor mentee relationship, you you might like that wouldn't be that weird. Mm. I don't know. Uh, the I read an article that it was. Now I'm trying. I'm trying to find the article. Maybe we can just Google it real quick. Well, I Winston. did, but there's millions of articles. Dad. I get. I guess it's. Uh, I, I mean, it looks it's like, a setup for a spinoff. So, mm, well, good. That's nice. Um, and yeah, just based on my my cursory uh, Google search here, it seems like people are not sure if that scene is supposed to be taken literally or not. Mm. I mean, to, to your point, I see. I see how you <laughs> would see it that way. It's, but you know, it's. I think the reason I don't is because they've never hinted at that before. I know it comes out of nowhere, but I don't think you end the movie. The movie ends immediately after that. I don't think you end the movie with Winston. Who's like, so there's a continental series coming out about the continental hotel. Right. Right. Which will revolve around Winston, presumably. So I don't think when you've got a character who's got a TV show coming out and you end on the character and he refers to the main character as a son, I don't think that's just like a throwaway thing i think they're teasing what's to come yeah sure i don't know i for- forgot about the series <laughs> the continental series oh there's all kinds of shit there's a spinoff about some ballerina chick uh from one of those movies second or third i'm not sure great love it <laughs> yeah i don't know uh i'm I'm glad it's over. I think it didn't end on like a bad note or anything. It's just like, I I just don't like the direction that the series went in. I think the, I think the first movie is so much better than, um, like the sequels give it credit for, you know, I just, I don't know. I don't know if it's over ambition or if it's just like, they were so focused on spectacle over everything else. Like, I don't know what happened. But I think somewhere along the line, the series jumped the shark big time. And uh, I don't think any of the sequels, well, specifically three and four, like hold a candle to the first one, which I think is a great movie. And these other ones, I think they're great stunt reels. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what they ultimately became. Uh, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. I'll, I'll watch clips of the action scenes on YouTube for the third and fourth movie before I watched those movies. Again. Yeah. I don't think I'd, I, I wouldn't, I mean, I enjoyed this one. I would say go see it if you're interested, but I'm also not going to rewatch it. Yeah. I mean, the only I, I'll rewatch it. I mean, I'll get it on 4k. I'll get the series box set or whatever, but I, I think the only way I'd rewatch this if, is if I was like, okay, I want to see how all the movies fit together since they all take place over the course of like a week. I guess. And, well, and this one too, it isn't exactly clear because the first three do. It's they're they're all within, but this one it seems like some time is supposed to have passed, but it's not clear how much. Right. 
But so I would I would watch all four movies again uh, in like a marathon and kind of see how the whole franchise works together. But um, I also I'd probably put on the first one and then maybe be like, oh, maybe ne- next time I watch it, I'll do that. <laughs> Skip the sequel. <laughs> I don't know. I do really I do like the second one a lot. I remember more about the second one than that third one, dude. I just like. I mean, this movie. So this movie starts and John is like riding a horse through the desert, and there's like this guy smoking hookah on a rug yeah, they, in the desert. They really blow through a lot of stuff. And I was like, wait, what the fuck like is this? Minutes. I didn't, I didn't remember that at all from the third one. I mean, I remember there being some scene in the desert, but I don't remember who the elder was or why John had to cut off a finger. Like, I don't remember any of that plot. In fact, the, the only thing I really remember from the third one is the ending where he gets shot off the roof and miraculously survives falling off the roof of a hotel. Yeah. Uh, and he hits like seven things on the way down. Yeah. he Well, they broke his fall. Uh, yeah. I remember that. And then I remember the, the horseback scene where these guys, these like ninjas are on motorcycles and he's on a horse. And that was really cool. They really, they shouldn't have shown us like, like after he f- like fell backwards off the roof, that should have just been it. And then we shouldn't have seen him. That would have been better. Yeah. That would have been way better. Cause then, yeah. Cause then he could have the scene where she goes, walks around the building and then he'd be like, oh yeah, she's supposed to see him and she comes back and he's not there, which is obvious. You expect that, but right. um, yeah, it would have been better than seeing him hit three awnings falling off of this like 15 story building, hit like three or four awnings and then the ground. <laughs> It should have been like there's a there's the episode of Daredevil where it's season two at the Punisher where he's hanging off a building and the Punisher shoots him point blank in the head. And, you know, he's not dead, but it's like it ends right after that. And so you're like, okay, how does he survive that? Like what happens if they showed him falling off the building and hitting all the stairs on the way down? You know, Mm. your suspension of disbelief would be shattered. But that it ends right there, you're just. So you're left in like so much suspense and awe that when it picks up later and he's just recovering, you just buy it. So I agree with you. I think if if Winston shoots him and then he falls and it just ends, you'd be so much more shocked that like Winston betrayed him and actually shot him and that he fell off the roof. You don't know what's going to happen. And then they could pick up with him recovering. Yeah, like not with Lawrence Fishburne. With Lawrence like, Fishburne. Yeah, because then they also show that at the end of the third movie, too, where yeah. the, the homeless people grab him, like, take him to him and all that. And then, yeah, you have that fucking weird ending I talked about. If it, if it just ended after he fell off the roof and then it picks up with him recovering in in the seedy underbelly of New York or whatever, then that would have been a little more interesting. Yeah. I also think I also think this movie, this franchise just would have been better as a, a tighter trilogy. I think you can combine the I third agree. and fourth movie and... Uh, and yeah, have something tighter. I mean, even even maybe edit it to where the second movie ends with him getting shot off the roof. Because the second movie ends with him going on the run. I think if you condense the plot of the second... So the second one, he's like... His house is destroyed and he owes a debt to the guy that blew up the house. And so he has to pay off the debt to earn his freedom to exit the assassin world again. And then he gets pissed off at the guy. So he kills him at the Continental which is grounds for him becoming excommunicado, which is where you're like kicked out of the assassin league or whatever the fuck. And they're hunting you. I think if you have all that happen, like halfway into the, like 
that's halfway into the movie. And then he's on the run the second half of the movie, which he kind of already is anyways. Yeah. But if you have it where he's excommunicado and on the run and then Winston is ordered throughout the second and third act, like you have to kill this guy for doing doing this. And then it ends with him getting shot off in the third and fourth movie are kind of combined into one. I think it would be great. Yeah, that would be fun. And I think they also, I mean, if you make multiple movies, you have to do some more world building and everything. I do think that like, if like the Continental series had come out after the first one, and then mm. that was where we got to see a little bit more of the of like the the world because there is like some cool stuff to it. Like, with the, oh yeah, this, the like sexy bureaucracy of this assassin, yeah. where it's just like hot women in sleeveless shirts with like, yeah, like tattoos and piercings, and, yeah, and, and like, like and men too, <laughs> and a bunch of men. I feel like you know what, and also something that I want to mention. A lot of people don't ever mention the. Uh, the like level of like equality in this like inclusion in this series like oh, yeah. like you have all of the all of the people many of whom to me look very queer presenting in the in the bureaucracy with a lot of their tattoos and the piercings and stuff and you know the, the way they do their hair etc but also like equal opportunity for men and women to both be badasses and just get fucking brutally murdered by other assassins like people get like women are like getting the shit kicked out of them and also like beating the shit out of like very big strong men like all that shit yeah i agree it's a, a very uh equal opportunity in that way which is very really get mentioned a lot no it does it and i'm i'm surprised that they don't that it hasn't been you know like oh this movie's woke um maybe because it doesn't make a big fuss about it it's just there which is how it yeah. should be but yeah, yeah it is it's very inclusive it's very diverse and yeah i mean there's there's like no sex in any of these movies but you do have a lot of characters i mean you had ruby rose is one of the villains in the second one yeah who's uh mute and also i mean i assume the character is meant to be sort of non-binary yeah well and the adjudicator in the third one was a very androgynous person who i think was non-binary and and again they, they don't even have a name they just have this title this like you know either gendered title uh and yeah the the whole series is like that yeah that is really cool actually um and yeah everybody equal opportunity ass whippings all around indeed love it indeed love it it's great stuff that's that is a nice thing about the series uh and yeah it's not drawn attention to um it's nice that ruby rose didn't have to speak um they have i mean and yeah they have deaf assassins blind assassins mute assassins yeah uh i'm you know what have been really cool and a great martial arts reference because that is the thing this movie the fourth one felt more like a love letter to action than like a chapter in a story yeah um because there's the warriors reference there's uh like a reference to lawrence in arabia with him in the desert um there's a lot of callbacks to action series and it would have been cool to have uh two fighters one with no arms and one with no legs true very true a great callback to uh a legendary movie that i can't remember the title of (laughs) some fucking (laughs) shitty shitty uh martial arts movie from the 70s um but yeah i also uh i enjoyed uh uh, Peter Skarsgård's Sir Topham hat suits <laughs> in this movie. Okay, so I think my favorite thing about this movie was how fucking beautiful it was, and the 
um, particularly the production design. Every time we're top introduced, notch. top notch. Yeah, every time we cut back to Peter Skarsgård's character. Oh no, sorry, Bill Skarsgård's character. Oh yeah, um, Bill. Yeah, yeah, the Marquis. He's in the most insanely elaborate, beautiful place ever, and there's always something so random happening. In one, it's like these horses being walked around in a circle. Yeah, and they're like fencing on the horses, but it's like this choreographed routine. <laughs> yeah, and he's being fed. There's like this huge buffet table with all these like this like charcuterie and fruits laid out and uh another one he's in this like insane art gallery hallway <laughs> yeah what's well, just and it's like winston walking in and it's like 15 seconds of him just passing painting after painting after painting <laughs> in this giant empty room and then there's just like a couch yeah. in the middle with like a rug and a lamp yeah and then there's one where when they're in paris it's like something from the Death Star, dude. It's like this black room with LEDs everywhere, and he's got like a this like digital map of the city, and he's like putting pawns on it. And it's not a digital map; it's like an actual. He might, but he also has like a physical, that's like what, yeah. actual, like three D. That's what, yeah, that's black right. like a plastic map of this city. Yeah, it was. It's insane. awesome. It doesn't make it's any awesome. sense, but no, no, I don't no. Care. And then I, I love that he when they're trying to like kill him or whatever he's like on the phone with somebody or with the nobody guy i think and then he gets mad at the guy and so he throws his phone on the ground and he breaks it and then later he calls him again and this time it's just like an old-timey telephone that's like on a platter that he like <laughs> picks up that he has this like jeeves butler it's yeah it's fucking awesome yeah i did i did really like that it was almost like a running joke it's like what insane environment and he's always got oh some... it absolutely was a running joke yeah and it, and it worked really well and he's got like some he's always got some insane suit that matches the environment on. And, yeah, and that's uh, like it's like the same cut every single time, but it's like different fabrics and like yeah. different colors and stuff. And yeah, it like it like complements wherever he is at the yeah. moment. Yeah, that stuff was great. Uh and then there was a scene, it reminded me of Inglorious Bastards. He's like eating this slice of pie and talking to the guy, and it's like straight food porn all of a sudden. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, that was great. Nobody was cool. Um, but yeah, all the all the production design was amazing, and like I said, it just looks beautiful. I can't wait to watch this in 4K at home. Um, so I guess yeah, I guess I will be watching it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see what I mean? I'm like flipping the back tables and forth, have turned. Dude. Like I'm thinking. Well, about yeah, because it, it because it's 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 imperfect. There are parts of it that are very good, and parts of it that are just kind of mediocre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that I think feel worse than they do because the rest of the stuff is so good. Maybe so. Yeah, that could be it. Um, well, real real quick, let's let's talk a little bit more uh, very briefly about um, the scene in the abandoned hotel or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because... That was, I think my favorite part of the movie was the battle in the Osaka Continental. But I think this scene was one of the coolest looking action scenes I've seen in a long time. Which was, uh, there's this gun introduced. It's a shotgun that shoots incendiary rounds. Yeah. And John steals it off one of the assassins. And the, and, and the way that they show that is that like there are a bunch of sparks and shit that shoot out of it as well. And it looks really cool. I and mean, when they introduced it, I thought, how are they going to use that in a way that isn't annoying? Uh, oh, because it's not annoying. Up, 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 no, not at all. But like if it, if it was just up close, like the way that they normally shoot action scenes, it'd, I think it'd be too much. 
Yeah. Um, but the camera perspective shifts to a top down perspective and it's like one big giant long take and it fucking rules. Yeah. It goes all throughout this, this building and it's like where the ceiling should be. So it's going over all the beams. It's going over walls through doorways. And I mean, it's straight video game, but yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It was like top down. And John, game stuff. John Wick is just blowing guys away. And so he's shooting people and they just burst into flames. <laughs> and it's, it's so awesome. fucking cool. Um, that was that was a great standout scene. Um, and then that was that was like the last great one. Uh, you know, some of the some of the stuff in Paris is pretty cool. Just people being hit by cars. But it didn't really stick with me all that much. And then um, I wish I cared more about the duel in which John Wick is killed. But honestly, and I think this is the biggest, like, uh, I think this is the best way to sum up the franchise is that, you know, after four movies, nine years of John Wick, uh, he is shot in the gut and killed. And I was just like, yeah, that's, uh, it's time. It's time to end it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't give a yeah. shit at all. I was like, okay, that's good. Yeah. Carrie's can do something else now. Um, Whereas when I saw the first one, you know, it opens with the tease that he's like dying and it's like, oh, how are we going to get here? You know, I hope he doesn't mm-hmm. die. And now I'm like, OK, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's done. Yes. Let's wrap it up. Uh, I wonder what John, I wonder what's next for Keanu Reeves. I don't know. Maybe he's uh, just going to build custom motorcycles and live his life. You know, he deserves to. He does. John Wick does, or sorry, Keanu Reeves deserves to have whatever life he wants and do whatever he wants from now on. And it's just like, it's like when, um, in Endgame, when Tony Stark is dying and Pepper's like, it's okay, you can rest now. It's like, Keanu, you can rest now. You, <laughs> you can, good. you can just go like surf with your friends. Yeah, like, we'll cool be okay. Motorcycles. You know, you gave us, you, you gave us your, it all. You gave us your all. We're going to be okay. You can rest now. Um, you don't need to train with armed forces anymore. And you know, you're 60 years old, man. Just put out another dog star album and go <laughs> surfing, ride your bike, wear a helmet, be safe. Yeah. That's what we want. Ah, oh, Jesus. Cool. Yep. I think it's time for me to go help with, uh, get, getting dinner, getting dinner ready. Yeah. I got to piss. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining me robbie thank you everyone for listening uh thank you cinephiles.com if you like this and you want to hear more you can uh tune in same time next week maybe we'll have another episode up